0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via telehealth, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, the telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open, and lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners, we're giving away free signed books every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you could take a screenshot of your review and message me on Instagram at Dr. And every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram as well as the Apple podcast reviews themselves, randomly picking winners from both places every single month. And then I'll reach out to you. We will ask which book you want me to sign and we'll send it out to you. All right. Good luck. About every single month, we have clinical deep dive episodes where you can nerd out with us about all things, nutrition, health, wellness, functional medicine, labs, data, all the stuff that we see clinically these episodes, we call them mental health is physical health. So we're looking at the central tenant of our clinic and the fact that mental health is not separate from physical health. It is one and the same mental health is physical health and how things like anxiety and depression and brain fog and fatigue do not happen in a vacuum. There are physiological drivers of them, but also expanding the conversation and looking at this bi-directional relationship and how things can impact our mood, but beyond our mood and our brain function and nervous system, our hormones, which impacts our mood, our inflammation levels, which impacts our mood and this sort of bi-directional conversation, this upstream downstream, as we call it in functional medicine and how the body's interconnected and, and understanding it with very specific health issues that we see clinically. So go back and listen to past mental health, as physical health episodes if you want to put all this in connection, because the caveat is these things don't happen in a vacuum. There's a lot of variables to consider that is beyond the scope of these very granular deep dive episodes. So let's kick it off. And to help me out, every single time we have these amazing episodes, we have one side of each of this coin. We have a mental health and physical health representative of the telehealth clinic. On the mental health side, we have Candace, who's our lead emotional wellness coach. What's up?
0: Yeah. Hey, not too much. Just excited to talk to you about this topic today.
1: It's going to be so good. And on the physical health side, we have Andrea, who's our lead functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner.
2: That'd be me. Andrea.
1: (laughs) Oh man, here we go. She's punchy already.
2: I'm already there.
1: (laughs) This is we do these episodes completely sober. We are sober people, (laughs) but it may not sound like it sometimes because we work too long with each other. We know we've known each other for too long. long Yeah. So it's like friends, but also clinical. Today's episode, drum roll please.
2: We are going to be talking about nutrient deficiencies.
1: Nutrient deficiencies is something that we see a lot clinically. People don't realize how imperative this is for their mood, their energy levels, their hormone health, so many things, right?
2: Absolutely. And I think it's important before we start talking about the individual ones, or we can talk about it as we talk about each individual nutrient deficiency, but why is this important? Everybody knows, everybody wants to take a multivitamin. Everybody knows nutrients are important, but is there an overall arching picture Dr. Cole, that you think is important for people to understand and why they want to look at these things?
1: Yes. So our body is alive because of brilliant biochemistry. And the foods we eat are the raw materials to provide our body, the cofactors, the nutrients, the minerals, the vitamins that our body needs to be alive and thrive. So when someone has nutrient deficiencies, you're talking about chronically nutrient deficient people that's really one of the hearts of why we see the epidemic rise of chronic inflammatory degenerative issues mental health issues accelerated aging if anybody's interested in longevity they should be looking at this is fundamental you can see oxidation damage to our dna triggering genetic predispositions for health issues because almost think of it like if your car's check engine light was on and your oil was low and you drove for thousands of miles with low oil in your car, you're going to have problems sooner or later. And many people are running with that proverbial low oil and many other things, right? That, that are really impacting their health. And it's just a matter of when, not if genetic predispositions are triggered because of this damage to our DNA, damage to our mitochondria. It can impact our metabolism. You're struggling with weight loss resistance you definitely want to look at this as well. You Maybe you ask me, I don't know what you're going to ask me, but maybe why are we seeing this?
2: Yes, that would be a very good question that I was going to say.
1: I read your mind.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it with each individual one because some of them have different reasons. Or if you want to talk about it again as an overall arching reason that you see people deficient in these to begin with.
1: Okay, let's talk about global and if there's any specific things yeah. we can mention. Globally, it has to do with our soil mainly, right? I mean, our soil is not what it once was. The soil microbiome is unhealthy. The mineralization of the soil is decreased. And either the food we are eating that's grown in that soil or the food we're eating that eats the grass and the plants that are grown in that soil, it has a cascade effect. That's one of the major reasons. Beyond that, I mean, people are not eating nutrient, even the most nutrient-dense foods that we have available today, even though it's less nutrient-dense, we still have something, thankfully, but people aren't even eating nutrient-dense foods. And then beyond nutrient density, we have to talk about nutrient bioavailability and gut health, right? And we can go through the individual ones of nutrient bioavailability, right? And just not all food, just because they have vitamins and minerals, they may have anti-nutrients and cofactors that inhibit the absorption of food. So they may, in theory, have a food that has X amount of percentage of these vitamins and minerals, but their body's being impeded in the absorption of that. And how you cook foods and prepare foods and having diverse foods will help mitigate that and offset that. I don't want people to be afraid of, you know, plant anti-nutrients like lectins and phytic acid, but it's something to take into consideration if you're only focusing on one thing and depending on that for your nutrient density. But we aren't just what we eat. We aren't just what we supplement with. We are what we absorb. And that goes back to gut health and absorb- digestion and absorption issue. E- even if it's not overtly like maldigestion, but it's a functional, my body, my gut isn't as healthy as it could be. People, A lot of people have hypochlorhydria, decreased hydrochloric acid, which inhibits the absorption of nutrients because of this epidemic rise of gut health issues. These nutrient deficiencies are happening for a multifaceted number of reasons. On top of that, medication is going to inhibit absorption. There's a lot of reasons. It's multifaceted. It's a confluence of factors. But these are some of the most obvious, biggest components as to why people are struggling with nutrient deficiencies.
2: And we can talk about those individually, too, what we see with each of these nutrients, if you have any of your brilliant thoughts. Which one do you want to talk about first?
1: Let's think about this. Well, Something I didn't mention, too, just foods— That maybe blow people's minds, drinks that people have a lot, which I have a lot too, that have a lot of these compounds that can, like oxalates, that will impede absorption is coffee and tea. I wanna throw that out there. It's not that you can't have coffee and tea. I have coffee and tea. But if you're drinking a lot of it and not focusing on nutrient bioavailability, that's something to think about too. I didn't mention coffee and tea, but that's something to. Okay. Of note. All right, so iron. Let's talk about iron first, shall we? Everyone agree. Yeah, I'm exactly,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So when we when you're thinking iron, we're not just talking iron by itself. What are you typically looking at when you're determining someone's iron levels in their body?
1: Well, we want to look at a full iron panel. That's iron, iron saturation. We want to look at total iron binding capacity. We want to look at ferritin levels, hemoglobin, hematocrit. What's called the M C series what's looking at red blood cell measurements. We want to look at a full panel to see what the context of it is and not be flippant with our words and say, well, this is iron deficiency anemia. It may not fit all the diagnostic criteria to be labeled, but it's still lower iron, iron deficiency that's impacting things like hormone health. We need iron for hormones, for our brain health and energy levels. Iron is required for so many different things in the body. Even immune system issues, like if you're struggling with like low immunity, you get run down a lot, you're getting sick a lot, you want to look at that. Your heart needs it. So many things in the body, right? But the main thing that we see are like hair, fatigue, brain fog, hormone problems. Those are the most, I would say clinically what we see a lot and people that have immune issues. Did that answer your no, question? No, that answer,
2: because if someone wants to get their iron looked at, I wanted them to know what markers they needed to look at.
1: Yeah. Now,
2: when we're talking about the different symptoms surrounding these, you mentioned quite a few. So people are going to automatically think, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to help with this iron deficiency that I'm dealing with because I'm super symptomatic, but do I just have to eat? a burger? Or are there specific things that you would recommend based off the type of iron deficiency that they have? Or is there a step that they have to take before they start even looking at what they need to do to help with the iron? Like, do they need to understand the pattern more or is this a pretty straightforward one? Because nutrients can be complicated.
1: Yeah. And look, for all of these things, you want to ask the question, why do I have this problem in the first place? So the, the straightforward thing is, yeah, if it's low, make it optimal and get it to the optimal level. But for iron specifically, why are we having this? One of the most obvious cause for a lot of people that have lower iron iron deficiency or iron deficiency anemia is menstrual blood loss. So people that have menstrual cycles, that's going to be a depletion of iron over time. So is that you're losing more than you taking in? That's a part of it for a lot of people. Is it digestion and absorption going back to gut health? Or is it a decrease of nutrient dense foods or a lack of bioavailability? Because with iron specifically, we want to look at heme iron and non-heme iron. So both are important, both have benefits, but if you're depending on lots of non-heme iron, that comes from a lot of things like spinach and beets and dark leafy greens, things that are classically, you know, Popeye would have that can of spinach and everyone thinks of <laughs> iron and they think of that. Well, yes, that is iron and a lot of other things, fiber, antioxidants, chlorophyll. Like there's a lot of amazing nutrient compounds that are beneficial for the human body with those foods. But spinach specifically and kale are higher in oxalates, which bind to iron. It may be packed with iron, but it's inhibited by these oxalates. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. It doesn't mean you won't get your iron up when you do have it, but it just means it's going to be a little bit less bioavailable. And it's more than a little bit. It's significantly less bioavailable. And you also want to consider how you're preparing it. Cooking those greens can make it more bioavailable because it's breaking down some of those oxalates. The next thing I would want to say is when you're looking at exclusive non-heme, it's going to take a lot more. So heme iron will get the number up faster, generally speaking. So that's things like poultry, like chicken, turkey, fish, grass-fed beef. The creme de la creme, as far as bioavailable and nutrient density is... Everybody, I mean, most people that listen to this podcast are super nerds. They know it's going to be organ meats, so it's going to be things like chicken liver, beef liver, other types of offals. That's the technical term, which is sounds terrible. Not it sounds. Not how you think. It actually works out well because most people do consider them awful, or <laughs> offal, and and it is that organ meats that are kind of nature's multivitamin in this way. Eggs have some heme iron, but the heme iron, your body will utilize it more unimpededly, if you will. So it's going to get that number up faster, whether it's low ferritin, which we see low ferritin ubiquitously with our patients.
2: And ferrit- low ferritin is stored low iron.
1: Stored iron. Yeah. yeah. So we want it to be about 60, at least 60, 80 even ferritin levels. Uh, for hormone health and energy levels. If you're struggling with brain fog, fatigue, hormone issues, get your ferritin tested. These are things that we run for patients and then put that ferritin in context with the whole, right? Because ferritin can also act as an acute phase reactant. So when the body's inflamed, you can see ferritin spike, but it may not mean that you have iron overload or hemochromatosis. It just may mean that it's spiked because of inflammation.
2: And hemochromatosis is?
1: Iron overload. It's the opposite of iron deficiency. So you can have both primary and secondary hemochromatosis. Primary is due to a genetic variance to the HFE gene, which slows down the clearance of iron. So you will accumulate iron more over time with that genetic variant. And then you can have secondary hemochromatosis, which is someone that's taking too much iron in from supplements or food or cast iron skillets or some sort of like environmental cause of it. Water, I guess could be one other cause of it. That's iron.
2: Okay. We talked a lot about sourcing from the heme and non-heme. Are there, Accompanying nutrients that you would suggest when you're thinking about iron and for its absorption ability.
1: Yeah, vitamin C is the most obvious one that comes to mind. It is a bioflavonoid, it's an antioxidant that is everybody knows about vitamin C. They think of it as you know that immune system supporting antioxidant, which it is, but it also helps with iron uptake. It helps with iron absorption in the body. And copper would be another one. You want to look at these sort of trace minerals. The great news is that food oftentimes has these compounds. So that synergistic effect, that it's not just about that one thing. It's about that. What's the concert of variables that are impacting that deficiency or impacting that one thing?
2: Which is why we're back to the awful or hopeful, <laughs> yeah,
1: right. if you will. As a functional medicine doctor, I love helping my telehealth patients to get to the root cause of their issues and uncovering why they're happening in the first place. Whether constipation, bloating, or discomfort, digestive issues are some of the most common issues that we see at the telehealth clinic. Luckily, digestion can be improved and doing so supports more than just your gut health. It benefits every aspect of your health, including your nervous system. I want to tell you about two time-honored herbal formulas for digestive health from a brand I love, Banyan Botanicals. First up is CCFT, a gentle detoxifying blend of cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds to help ease digestion before or after your meals. The other is Chafala, an herbal blend for supporting healthy digestion and regular elimination many people experience the benefits of this beloved Ayurvedic formula within just a few days. Banyan Botanicals is a certified B Corporation and maker of over 250 plant-based products that are sustainably sourced, fairly traded, and organic. I love Banyan Botanicals because it's something that I know I can trust when I'm taking it. My telehealth team loves it as well. And you know what? My kids, my son will be the first to tell you, he's the Picky, picky young man. (laughs) He loves these teas. They're delicious, and they have so many functional benefits. Banyan is on Amazon and Thrive Market, but you can save 20% off my favorite Banyan Botanical products, including the CCF tea and the Trafala, when you shop at BanyanBotanicals.com slash Will Cole. Just go to www.BanyanBotanicals.com slash Will Cole, and enter the promo code Will Cole at checkout. Okay, so there's this delicious protein shake that I've been having for the past, better of the year, and I love it so much. You haven't heard me talk about it yet. You have to check this stuff out. It is from Clean Simple Eats, and I am very picky when it comes to protein powders. I probably tried everything on the market. They either taste really great, but the ingredients suck. Or they have great ingredients, but they taste horrible. It shouldn't have to be either or. It should be both. And this protein powder from Clean Simple Eats checks all the boxes. It's so creamy and smooth. And you guys, it's some of the best tasting protein I've ever had. I drink it every day. I have it without fail. And how I do it, I do it with a little bit of almond milk. And then I have the vanilla Clean Simple Eats protein powder. And I sometimes will add peanut butter and it tastes like a delicious, creamy peanut butter milkshake. Sometimes I have it vanilla by itself. There is absolutely no chalkiness with this protein powder. This protein powder is a powerhouse of nutrition that offers a range of benefits for your body. Unlike many protein powders in the market, this formula maintains all the bioactive compounds like nature intended. It also contains a digestive enzyme blend to deconstruct the protein into amino acids that the body can actually absorb. They have 26 delicious, all-natural flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. Like I said, I love their Simply Vanilla. You have to check that one out. But they also have other unique flavors like chocolate peanut butter, coconut cream, and even Snickerdoodle. That's another one that I love as well. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder has 20 grams of grass-fed whey protein with no artificial ingredients. It's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, and it's third-party tested. Their testing standards are 10 times higher than FDA requirements. You know you're getting high-quality ingredients from a high-quality product. Visit CleansimpleEats.com and use code WillCole at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order at CleansimpleEats.com.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. If someone wanted to supplement, and we do understand their iron pattern. Are there ones that you tend to lean into more than other Mm -hmm. or different types of iron?
1: Yeah. We love iron glycinate for a lot of telehealth patients. We'll do organ meats, supplements that are concentrated for their iron content as well, and vitamin C, copper, like compounds that will help with absorption. And then the bigger thing is, okay, is there hormonal balance like estrogen dominance or PCOS or endometriosis that they're actually having heavy bleeding during the period. We have to deal with that hormone imbalance to so we can get ahead of ourselves. And ultimately they're dealing with a lot of different symptoms that it's not just about that iron deficiency.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And So supplemental, we obviously talked about, what about IV therapy? You hear about this all the Mm. time, especially for people who have really low iron. Yeah. What are your thoughts surrounding that?
1: Yeah, it's a great point. We will coordinate with local nurses and clinics that will provide iron infusions, which is an IV, only with iron, uh, for people that have very low lab alert low levels or chronically low levels. And the way that I see it is it gets the number up faster, right? And we want to deal with why the depletion's there in the first place. I didn't mention like ruling out like a slow GI bleed. Is there another source of bleeding in the body beyond the menstrual cycle that is causing that iron deficiency? Iron infusions can definitely be a tool to replenish what's lost, but still falling back on food and supplementation ongoing and monitoring markers, like monitoring liver enzymes, monitoring the stress that high doses of iron can bring because iron is oxidative. That's why hemochromatosis will bring a sort of a rusting and oxidation to the body. You don't want excess iron and you don't want a depletion or deficiency either. So if someone's doing iron infusions, you want to make sure you're not overshooting it. Because you're more likely to see these sort of copious amounts of iron in the body, which chronically is not advantageous either because it can really contribute to inflammation. Like the pendulum has swung in the opposite direction.
2: The Goldilocks effect. Yeah. And just a single note that I think it's important to talk about iron. I know that a lot of people are iron deficient that we see as far as patients go. A lot of times we hear people talk about, oh, I'm taking an iron supplement and it's causing constipation. That is a really common issue that we see with patients. You don't have to be afraid of that. That's why Dr. Cole is talking about all of these different food things that layer in, why understanding the specific pattern is important, working with the accompanying co-nutrients. This is something that we see regularly with our patients and there are a lot of different things, but root cause, why is it happening in the first place is always really good. Yeah. Awesome. Next nutrient Dr. Cole, what's up?
1: I'm surprising you now. You're not going to know what I'm going to say. Magnesium. But that was obvious. I
2: knew you were I knew that was going to be on the list all right. somewhere.
1: All right, it's responsible for hundreds, I think 300 plus. We use the word 300 like I I've never <laughs> counted all 300, but that's the term that's used. 300 different
2: I need you to list at least yes, 100 right uh, now.
1: Yes, that will be in the addendum for this episode. Over 300 Different pathways in the body. It's the fourth most abundant mineral in the body. Magnesium is, yeah, wonderful. It's needed, it's an electrolyte, first of all. So it's needed for nerve conduction impulses, hormone regulation, fluid balance in the body, neurotransmitter function, actually activating and making good use, just like with vitamin C and iron. It also impacts vitamin D and B vitamins which we may or may not be talking about later. But it's estimated that 75% of the United States population is magnesium deficient in some way or the other. I didn't mention iron, but I think it's the World Health Organization says about 25% of the population, and this is the World Health Organization, yeah, worldwide, 25%. So a quarter of people are iron deficient. And I mean, magnesium deficiency is- Did very- you say 95?
0: 75? 75? Did I hear you correctly? 75% 75. of the U.S.
1: population are magnesium deficient.
0: 75%.
1: 25% of the world is, according to the World Health Organization, iron deficient. Gotcha. Wow. And look, these are deficiencies overt, let alone a spectrum of suboptimal. Right. Right. They may not be classified as deficient overtly, but they are deficient in some way, right? They're on that deficiency spectrum. Yeah. So things like fatigue, anxiety, irritability, muscle cramping trouble falling asleep, staying asleep. These are common symptoms, heart palpitations of magnesium. Yeah, deficiency. Yeah, magnesium deficiency. Yeah. Yeah, Not magnesium. Magnesium (laughs) will help support all of those things.
2: Yes. Now, when we talk about magnesium, I think it's important that if we're going to talk about how to get Mm -hmm. your magnesium up, we want to look to see where you're at Mm -hmm. first. And so I know that there are two types of magnesium that you can test on blood work. Which one do you recommend and why?
1: There are the two main like main conventional ones, I would yes. say, right? So there are like more gran- like functional medicine labs people can yeah. get to, but the main one is gonna be like a magnesium, I guess they call it magnesium total or magnesium, and then there's magnesium red blood cell RBCs. Those are the the RBC one is typically what we run. We want to look at what's getting in the cell a little bit more of a sensitive test. They're both helpful. They both have their place, but we tend to run the RBC magnesium.
2: And it's because it's just a little bit more accurate as far as what's actually getting into the cell.
1: Yeah, okay. exactly.
2: So when we're thinking of magnesium and we're talking about 75% of the population being deficient, there is a secondary word that follows magnesium whenever you're trying to supplement. Are there ones that you tend to lean more towards Mm. for patients for absorption or what makes you choose the magnesium that you choose for people?
1: Yeah, that's a common question that we get is they hear all these different types of magnesiums, right? Which one should I get? I tend to like blends of them on top of getting them from whole foods. So magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate, those are two different types that I like. Magnesium althreonate is another one. Magnesium malate is another one. Magnesium citrate does have its place. Most people will take just one or magnesium citrate specifically. There's a brand out there that everybody takes.
2: Are we not plugging I'm it? Not, I'm, <laughs> not,
1: I'm not going to plug it. That They'll just take it because it helps with constipation. And going back to the epidemic of, sluggish gut issues like or just inflammatory gut issues. Everybody likes this, plus it helps to calm them down a little bit. But when you measure their magnesium RBCs, it's still low. And they're like, I take magnesium every freaking day. Why is it still low? Well, the body's not storing a lot of magnesium, no matter what kind you get. That's one of the reasons why it's deficient. The body's not storing a lot of it. So you need to get it from food and improve gut health and absorption and supplement with it. Oftentimes, because we live in this modern world.
2: Can we do a shameless plug for our magnesium?
1: Yes. It's a very unique name. It's called the magnesium. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's very straightforward. And it's that blend that you're it's talking a blend, about.
1: Exactly, it's that blend where you have the synergistic effect. They all have their sort of pro, like they have their strong suits and they work in concert together. So I I like the magnesium beyond its name. It's brilliant. (laughs) I do love that blend. The nervous system tends to like magnesium and It can pass through the blood-brain barrier, impact that. I'm not saying anything wrong with magnesium citrate. If you're causing looser stools from magnesium and you know who you are out there, you're kind of addicted to (laughs) the magnesium enema that you're taking, it's not good for your body.
2: (laughs) Well, along those lines, what causes magnesium deficiency? What do people need to be mindful of?
1: Well, improving gut health would be number one. And then I would say, look, we a lot of these nutrients can be spent more than they're taking in when you're dealing with chronic inflammation and yeah. things that cause inflammation. So we deal a lot with chronic Lyme, mold toxicity. These people are stressed depl- yeah, or stress, unresolved trauma. The body's going to be depleting these cofactors like iron and magnesium and the other ones we're going to talk about when the body's stressed out whether that's physiological stress, i.e. inflammation and things that cause inflammation or psychological stress, which Candace yeah. will get to, or both physiological and psychological. And that's why we call this episode, Mental Health is Physical Health.
0: Can I ask a question about magnesium? Yeah, so if you're someone out there that you're like, I'm not sure if I have a magnesium deficiency, but 75% is a pretty good amount. I know people are taking, you know, this, the magnesium enema, as you called it. If they get the magnesium, is there anything they need to be thinking about like taking it? I know it's, it tastes great. It's such an easy, do we call it a supplement? Yeah. Yeah. So are there any caveats to that? If I'm someone that just wants to take magnesium?
1: No, because it is so ubiquitous and it's so widely tolerated by the body. Right. And I very rarely see people with excess levels of magnesium.
2: Oh, what we've been doing this for almost 14 years. Yeah. I think I can, on the top of my head, recall maybe three people I've seen with high magnesium in the last 10.
1: Wow. Because the body's not storing a lot of it. So it's like water soluble in that way. It's not, it's, 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 it uses
2: it. it And it's also, it's the blend that is really good. And it's the dosing. So we're picking the proper ratio for the limiting
1: reagent here is going to be like to like the threshold. Cause some people do need to take more than one time a day, Mm -hmm. but the limiting factor is going to be almost like a bio individual telltale sign is if you do have looser stools from this, you're overshooting it. You need to like scale it back. But a food here like red meat, fish, seafood, nuts and seeds are all good sources of magnesium as well.
2: Yeah, and you'll start to notice overlap in a lot of these, right? Like we're talking about liver earlier. We're talking about within the iron family. We're talking about magnesium. And then this is also magnesium. We talked about all the greens, Swiss chard, Mm -hmm. spinach, avocados, sea vegetables, typically when you see one patient deficient in one of these, it, it's never surprising that the foods start to overlap too.
1: Yeah. Nature, nature's multivitamins. So that's why we keep using that term nutrient density and bioavailability.
2: Absolutely. All right, Dr. Cole, what's the next one up for us? Vitamin D. Okay.
1: Talking about statistics, it's yeah. estimated 42% of adults are deficient in the sunshine vitamin, vitamin D. So vitamin D is responsible for thousands of different pathways in the body. It's needed for our brain is rich with vitamin D receptor sites. It's needed for mood and like regulation. People that are struggling with anxiety and depression, fatigue, look at vitamin D. Our immune system helps to regulate inflammation levels in the body, regulating blood sugar, regulating insulin, people that are having blood sugar issues. Yeah. So it is profoundly important. It acts as almost a pro-hormone more than a vitamin.
0: Like a prebiotic?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like a prebiotic for every cell of your body. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: and knowing that, knowing the importance of it and how the body is utilizing this, what are some of the common symptoms that we see with patients and people around the world that have low vitamin D levels? Well…
1: Those things, I would say anxiety, depression, brain fog, fatigue, autoimmune issues, inflammatory problems. Those are the most common ones. Okay. But it may be maybe subtle. I mean, maybe someone that's listening to this is like, it's not, they're not having any extreme, any one yeah. of those symptoms, but their body's just sluggish. They'll verbalize it like, I have less zest for life. Like I know that I'm not running in all cylinders. That's another sign that not just vitamin D, but these other nutrients could be a good sign that, yeah, maybe it's not as bad as it could be. Why do you want to wait till it gets Mm -hmm. that bad? Like, what can you do today to optimize how you feel?
2: Which is why we look at all these at one time anyways, together, because that's important to understand how they work together. And speaking of working together, is there anything that you would accompany with vitamin D to help with the absorption of it?
1: K2. Vitamin D3 and K2 are two fat-soluble vitamins, along with vitamin A and vitamin E. All these fat-soluble vitamins should be looked at. And I would say if we had a long enough time, we would include those in deficient in the modern Western diet, all fat-soluble vitamins. Vitamin D is the one that gets the most attention. It's the one that's most, I would say, readily available as far as diagnostic testing is concerned. But you could assume most people that are vitamin D deficient are also deficient in these other fat-soluble vitamins like ADE and K2. To answer your question pointedly, it's K2 in supplement form in this instance, they help with phosphorus and calcium. They tell, K2 specifically, tells calcium where to go. So oftentimes people that have calcium deficiency, you hear osteopenia and osteoporosis. Calcium can be deficient in the modern Western diet, but it's oftentimes these cofactors that are just as important or actually what's the problem? It's not a lack of calcium. These people are supplementing with calcium for years, but it's really a vitamin D3 and K2 deficiency. But that's, I guess, you know, it's not another conversation. It is part of this conversation.
2: And that's why when we're looking at supplements again, we're typically coupling a D3K2 supplement together. And then the IU ratio is variable depending on how deficient someone is. Is that fair to say?
1: That's a good point because these are fat-soluble. So they will accumulate in the body. So you don't want to be taking excess amounts of these forever and ever. Base it on labs. It's hard to get this from food. But you can get some vitamin D3 and K2 from foods like salmon, sardines, fatty, oily fish, egg yolk. We'll have some of these mushrooms absorb sunlight and make vitamin D just like we do, which is pretty crazy. And getting healthy amounts of sunlight for your body.
2: I really wanted to make a joke about it being a fun guy. And that's why we like them. I know. Here we are. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. I went there. The active ingredients found in pre-mixed vitamin drinks and kombuchas diminish sharply over time, but Karma's unique push cap protects vitamins and nutrients until you're ready to drink it, ensuring you get the full nutritional benefits. Karma's new hydration kits combine everything I love about the brand's ready-to-drink line of functional waters with an enhanced level of convenience and customization. Each kit comes with a four-week supply of Karma push caps that can be fully customized. And Karma designed a new BPA-free reusable bottle specially designed for its patented push cap. Customers can choose from a combination of Karma's three existing functional lines to create their customized kit. The Karma wellness water, which is basically like a multivitamin boost to your water, There's the Karma probiotic water, which elevates the water and makes it a gut-supporting water, and the Karma CBD water. Get all the amazing benefits of CBD for your nervous system to support healthy balance inflammation levels, all amazing benefits of CBD, but in your water. It's a great way because, look, I am looking at labs for a living. I see a lot of Functional dehydration. People are not drinking enough water, basically, and it's impacting their energy levels, impacting their digestion, impacting their skin health, so many different things. And this makes drinking water fun and you get the amazing functional benefits of these Karma waters. So if you want to elevate your water right now, visit drinkkarma.com slash Willco for 15% off and free shipping on your first order. That's D-R-I-N-K, K-A-R-M-A.com slash Will Cole. Drinkkarma.com slash Will Cole for 15% off and free shipping on your first order. As a functional medicine doctor running the telehealth clinic, I get sent a lot of different supplement products on the market for me to vet for my telehealth patients. And I am extra picky. I want the best of the best. And something that checks all my boxes, and it's a brand that I love, is Puri. One important thing I've learned over the years is to be mindful of the supplement and products that I'm using and that I'm recommending to our telehealth patients. They aren't all created equally. Many contain harsh chemicals, fillers, contaminants, just not worth putting in your body, and it's certainly not worth your money. And that's why I love Puri. These are natural food supplements that I completely trust. Puri means pure origin, and their mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that support our health and well being. And Puri is an easy choice. Not only do they use high quality ingredients, they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Project. Not all brands can say this. Plus, Puri includes a QR code on every product, which I love, so you can scan to review the full test results for yourself on every product. I love so many of Puri's products. One specifically that I'm a huge fan of is their O3 product. It offers a high dose of 2,000 milligrams of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids EPA, and DHA in natural triglyceride form. It's also certified environmentally sustainable by Friends of the Sea. And again, it's third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants, including heavy metals, pesticides, dioxins, and bisphenols. I would recommend scanning that QR code in the bottle to see for yourself the test results for the specific batch. See and feel the difference with Puri. I know you'll love their supplements as much as I do. Puri is offering my listeners an amazing deal, 20% 20% off wide. Just go to my special URL, puri.com slash and use my promo code Will Cole. This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions. You'll get almost a third off the price. So go to p slash Will Don't miss out. Again, that's promo code Will at puri.com slash Will Cole.
2: We talked about some foods you just mentioned. We talked about supplements. We talked about getting outside. Is there a best time of day to get outside for vitamin D?
1: Yeah. Early morning is some of the best. It's helpful from a circadian rhythm standpoint. Sunlight has so many other benefits independent of vitamin D. So it's helpful for circadian rhythm. It's helpful from like a disinfectant standpoint. Like the research in World War One when There's Spanish flu and treating soldiers outside. Pretty crazy, the the data around that. Opening your windows, like that fresh air. But sunlight's a major part of that. It's a medicine, right? It's a medicine to the human body. Vitamin D is part of that medicinal effect that sunlight has. But yeah, getting early morning sun exposure or just if you can't get up in the morning and do it, whenever you can have it, don't burn yourself. I'm not advocating for burning your skin, but getting healthy amounts of sunlight. Because people that use too much sunscreen, too high of SPFs, they're covering their skin too much. They're not outside enough that will dramatically increase vitamin D deficiency in their body.
2: That's great information to have. And I think it's important for people not to fear the sun, but understand best times of day and best practices. It's about balance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Judicious. Healthy amounts of sunlight.
2: Shameless plug: We also have a K2D3. All right, next nutrient. Yeah,
1: we, we do <laughs> this. Yeah, that, I did not plan that, but we do have these.
0: That's the one I take, and my labs were amazing with vitamin D. Hey, and I, hey, that, congratulations! And my daughter doesn't like sardines, so I was like, "All right, you got to. This is hard to get through food. You're not <laughs> eating enough
1: salmon or sardines." I love it. So. That's the other thing too. We released a lot of these things to the public because people would ask us, hey, I'm not a patient. I'm not a telehealth patient, but what are the essentials? So just so happens it's part of this conversation.
2: (laughs) I'm not doing this on purpose, I swear. All right, Dr. Cole, what's up next?
1: Can we say zinc?
2: You want to go zinc? Yeah, I'm going to
1: just mention it briefly because it's estimated that 31% of the world's population can be deficient in zinc. It's needed for our immune system. And I just want to be mindful of that. And the zinc, some people are dosing zinc a lot and supplementing with it because they are health savvy and they know that zinc can be helpful for the immune system. But that can throw off copper, which copper is another one. So these trace minerals are important. It's not to high dose these for too long. And take trace amounts of these, lower levels of these, more isn't always better. You don't want to swing in the other direction too. And zinc deficiency can definitely be a problem with people that are feeling run down, immune system issues, getting it from food, I would say first and foremost, or a trace mineral supplement.
2: Which again, for a lot of people, a lot of this can be encompassed in an organ meat supplement
1: or organ yeah. meat eating yeah. it. And you can look in the nutrition profile and see if, you know if it has these or not.
2: Where it's falling. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I like zinc. I think that's good. Is there yeah. anything else you no. want to mention about Let, that? That's
1: it. Just a, it's an honorable mention.
2: I definitely there <laughs> is one that I want to make sure we talk about. Okay. today this is that's iodine? that do you ever see that meme where people they're like they yeah. pretend like they're going to ask their spouse where they want to go eat and they go guess where i'm taking you and then they have to guess mm. and then whatever they say is where they take them okay, so that's kind of what it. i'm that's what i'm doing with you right now i okay. need you to guess
1: okay but i'm not your spouse
2: no definitely not my spouse <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going out to eat you're talking to me about nutrients
1: iodine is what i would say but it's probably not what you were thinking
2: no it wasn't but i i do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> iodine, let's just mention it Well, in yeah, passing. let's
2: mention it now. Yeah, now least, I'm so now, now curious we have to talk about iodine. We see
1: iron deficiency a lot on labs. I just want to mention it. It's needed when you talk about the thyroid hormone T4, T3, the four yes. and the three are iodine molecules. And yes, you should be judicious with it when you're talking about supplementation, especially if you have high thyroid antibodies. It can trigger an autoimmune thyroid storm for people that have Hashimoto's and certainly Graves' disease too. But you don't want to swing the other direction too. So looking at things like seaweeds, sea vegetables, like kombu, kelp, nori, we talked about this before. Yeah,
0: we talked about this. I was just going to say this. Yeah, we talked about this. And yeah, you can reference other episodes. I think the Hashimoto's episode. I think there's one more too where we talked in depth about this in particular.
1: Absolutely. So we'll keep it light here, but look at iron deficiency. It's another one that we run on labs too.
2: So the iodine... I think the reference range is important to see so people understand because what they say on the actual Quest or lab corp isn't important, but we typically want iodine greater than 150. And when we're looking at most people's labs, it's not surprising to see them 30, 40, 50. So you're yeah. looking at 100 plus points of this being low. So when we talk about this, this is another epidemic type of issue of a specific nutrient that's low.
1: And I will say on this too, is that the reference ranges are based on goiters. And that's kind of what they are looking at. It should, could be a lot higher than what even the reference ranges are. So oftentimes people, if they're supplementing or getting it from food, you'll see it looks like on the higher side, well, you want to put that lab in context, what's the thyroid hormones look like? How do they feel? It's not something to necessarily be afraid of if you're just getting healthy amounts of iodine.
2: Absolutely, I think iodine is important.
1: Uh, That was not the one you wanted to know about. But I mean, one other one comes to mind, vitamin B12.
2: That's the one. Oh, wow. There you go. Better
1: late than never. (laughs) Folate and vitamin B12. Those are two B vitamins. They're the energy vitamins. We see a lot of patients that have methylation impairments. They're going through issues like stress and environmental toxins or biotoxins like mold that are depleting these methyl donors. They are needed for hundreds of different pathways in the body. One of them is like one of many. It's recycling homocysteine down, which is an inflammatory protein. Vegans, vegetarians are more prone classically to folate and B12 deficiencies, as well as iron deficiencies. People that have inflammatory bowel issues, celiac disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's are more prone to... B vitamin deficiencies and other deficiencies as well. But anybody struggling with anxiety and depression and brain fog, fatigue, autoimmune problems, you want to look at your B vitamin levels and making sure you're optimizing them.
2: Are there any other markers that you would look outside of B12 that can also indicate B vitamin deficiencies?
1: Well, homocysteine would be one to come What are, What are you thinking? About?
2: That's what I was thinking. I think it's oh. also really important because, again, lab reference ranges are going to tell you a lot of times they're like, oh, my B12 was so high. And then I look at their homocysteine and it's
1: yeah. crazy. Well, high. let's talk about that because when you run a methylmalonic acid or a B12 serum test or if someone's supplementing with B vitamins, you're going to see them higher on a test now within reason it's not something to be automatically alarmed about it because it's water soluble you're looking at that snapshot in time and you can have excess amounts of anything mm-hmm. so you can have excess amounts of b vitamins and you shouldn't like more isn't always better here too but if you like had a supplement a couple hours before you took a lab it may be artificially not artificially high it may be higher and it won't always be that high because it's water-soluble and the body's going to be peeing out and utilizing it throughout the day.
2: Anything that you notice with people when they start to supplement with B vitamins that they sort of freak out yeah. about? And then they we get an email or a phone call about that we should tell people if they're going to start supplementing with it. Yeah, it
1: looks like a neon a yellow. It looks like a... T- pee,
2: your urine. Yeah your,
1: yeah, your pee looks like neon yellow.
2: Highlighter colored.
1: Highlighter colored. It looks like you ate a highlighter. We want to rule out that you did not, in fact, eat a highlighter. And if you didn't, then yes, it's going to be from B vitamins. Have we had patients eat highlighters? I don't think so.
2: I don't know. We do have some kid patients. You never know. (laughs) Crayons. I don't put put anything past that. Is there anything else that you would think of as far as co-nutrients or anything else that you would accompany? You talked about B12. You talked about folate. Is there anything else that you can think of in the B family worth mentioning?
1: Well, there are other things that can help with methylation. TMG comes to mind. Choline is another type of B vitamin that can be helpful in this area. Creatine actually helps with methylation too. Those are things that come to mind. Yeah.
2: Okay. This is one that I think we and we're talking. We just talked about supplements. I want to circle back to IV therapies because this is oftentimes something that we hear a lot of with patients experimenting with or wanting recommendations for. What are your thoughts surrounding B twelve shots, IVs? Like, what are your thoughts around those additional
1: therapies? They could be fine but I don't see them to be necessary for most people. Where they shine is someone has extreme or overt, like more progressed digestion and absorption issues. And that's shown on labs, right? They're having digestion and absorption problems and it's showing up on data. And those people, when you're bypassing absorption, IV and shots can be helpful for these nutrients while you're actively healing the gut. That would be one group of people. Other people, I would say it's good for like a boost. It's like if they want it, it's can be a nice thing. When you're talking about B vitamins, I don't see it being a, ne- a massive needle mover for most people. I think it's a nice replenishment. If someone's traveling, stressed out, run down, consider it a boost unless you have more overtly like maldigestive, malabsorption issues.
2: I love it. Is there anything else that you can see as a major cause of B vitamin deficiency that you think is worth noting?
1: Smoking. And drinking alcohol. I don't know if that's what you're you are ju- looking for. It,
2: it actually was, and okay. I think you just lost some friends now because you told them. <laughs> I do every time. Is this Jeopardy or like functional medicine <laughs> feud. <fugue?" laughs>
1: <laughs> Who is the drinker?
2: This is this is what you Survey get when we says. don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get today. <laughs>
1: yeah, clap, like family feud.
2: <laughs> is that in the top three? Uh, no. I see. I
1: still think of Bob Barker, oh, yeah, but that's it, a great yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. You're thinking Price is Right. I'm co- I'm combining them all in my mind. right it's now. It's really fine.
2: I like that. Family
1: version. Feud. Oh yeah. Bryce is <laughs> right with Bob Barker.
0: Yeah. Who was? I don't know. Family I forget feud? the original Family Steve Feud Harvey guy. Is, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey has now. Been, I, love now Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. Yes, yes, Steve. Harvey. Steve
2: Harvey. If you're listening, or if you're a rep for him and you want to get him on our podcast, we are willing and ready. <laughs> Open
1: invitation for the man.
2: <laughs> no, I I think these were all really great. Is there? <laughs> a- <laughs> He's going to do that to me all day now, just so everybody knows.
1: It's kind of scary. For someone who has nervous system dysregulation, that would not be good.
0: I would love to take our clinic family on
2: an episode.
1: That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be so much fun.
2: Oh, that would be really funny. We should do it here and then record it for people and put it on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Well I, I mean and we went back to nervous system dysregulation. So are you saying I have a nervous system dysregulation?
2: Do you get scared every time I jump yeah, out of I, the room? I am
1: prone to this. I yes. am prone to it. Yeah.
2: And what irritates you about me? I you don't,
1: can't be scared. Yes. But you have inward trembling issues. <laughs>
2: Thanks. Everybody now knows uh, about Dr. Cole and I's personal <laughs> inability journeys, right.
1: <laughs> to deal with stress. We're not perfect, people. I get scared easily. <laughs> I am magnesium
2: deficient, okay? I'm taking yeah. my vitamin D. Yeah. Is there any wrap-up nutrients that you want to make sure? I know there's, honestly, we could do these episodes for weeks. Can I say one
1: more and then we'll work? We'll, yeah, we'll, absolutely. As, selenium. I agree. Selenium, we see it low in a lot. It's needed to make the enzyme called 5-prime deidinase, which converts T4 to T3 so yeah, it's something we measure in labs. It's a Zeitkeeper, which is I think a German word that is a sort of a time cue. It helps to reset and synchronize your internal clock.
2: So it's not a gatekeeper; it's a Zeitkeeper. Zeitkeeper,
1: love it. Zeit it, it comes from time. Keeper is giver, so it's Ooh, a timekeeper. I, it, I want
2: that to be my nickname.
1: Zeitkeeper. I'm
2: a timekeeper. That
0: fun fact was just worth my whole time. here. So, I, which
1: makes sense <laughs> with a thyroid and the way that impacts the body it helps to lower nf kappa b these pro-inflammatory cytokines and helps our mood yeah so selenium is one that you definitely want to have run and we run them for patients so
2: no i think that's great and i just want to kind of give everybody a parting thing with foods again i don't want to reiterate too much but i just want to point out some things with some of the things that we talked about with selenium Some foods, yellowfin tuna, halibut, sardines, grass-fed beef, turkey, beef liver, iodine, sea vegetables, magnesium, greens, avocados, sea vegetables, wild-caught fish, looking at iron, liver, spirulina, grass-fed beef, spinach, sardines. And then even if we want to talk, because I know you mentioned a little bit about calcium, sardines, Uh, kale, bok choy, broccoli, (laughs) guys, it's a lot of overlap. So if if you're deficient in one, I'm going to assume that you probably need to evaluate nutritionally what you're doing and then also supplemental if there's any of those Mm co-nutrients that we talked about that helps with the bioavailability.
1: A staggering 80 to 90% of Americans suffer from some gut issue, gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, indigestion, heartburn, acid reflux. According to research, 99.9% of the probiotics on the market die in your naturally harsh stomach acid before they even get to where they're needed, even the refrigerated ones. How can a probiotic survive our 98 degree bodies if it can't withstand room temperature outside of the fridge? Just think about that. 70 to 80% of your immune system we know lives in your gut. It is the core of our health. A probiotic that I love and have loved for years is just Thrive's probiotic. Their proprietary strains have been third-party clinically tested and proven to arrive 100% alive in your gut. Survivability is the name of the game when it comes to the effectiveness of a probiotic. And this is a brand that uses the patented strain HU36 which produces antioxidants in the gut and is proven in clinical trials to start to address leaky gut syndrome in just 30 days. Just Thrive's products have more clinical research than any other products on the market in this category. It has 1,000 times better survivability versus yogurt and leading probiotics. Most die on the trip getting to your gut And it provides immune system support, boosts your energy, improves your sleep, promotes healthy skin through the gut-skin axis, the gut-skin connection, encourages healthy weight management, and supports the gut-brain connection. It's paleo, keto, vegetarian, and vegan-friendly. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, soy, sugar, and histamine-free, and non-GMO. It's safe for all ages. Kids can take it. Pregnant or nursing moms can take it, everyone. The capsules can be opened and sprinkled into any food or drink and not lose potency. It's also antibiotic resistant. Super important to take while on antibiotics to maintain the health of your gut flora. So, if you're ready to take control of your constipation, your bloating, your stress levels, and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90 day bottle of Just Calm and the Just Thrive probiotic. Check out both of those formulas. Visit justthrivehealth.com and use promo code Dr. Will. That's D-R-W-I-L-L. And while you're there, check out all of their other clinically-backed products. And don't miss my episode on The Art of Being Well with Tina Anderson from Just Thrive. You're going to love this episode. If you haven't checked it out, go back and listen to the episode to learn more about this groundbreaking company and the science around it. Take control today with Just Thrive. So that's how physical health, in this case, nutrient deficiencies, will impact our mood, our hormones, our energy levels. What's the other side of the coin?
0: Yeah, I'm so ready for this. So, you know, you talk about this a lot, but someone's health picture, it's deeper than the individual pieces of the puzzle. So we're, we're going in depth on nutrients here, and I want to talk about how we can make those more bioavailable with practices. But going back, it's like, your health story is bigger than that. Just like a house is more than the bricks and the materials that it's made of, right? Like when it becomes this bigger thing. And you talk, Will, a lot about the art and science of functional medicine and how that interplay, right? And we as humans, I think we all tend to really focus on behaviors. And we're behavior oriented, action-oriented. We're having this issue. So we're going to go to a behavior to solve the issue. Go to food, do whatever it is. But I think one of the things that we have to do foundationally to make those behaviors count or be more bioavailable, I'm going to use that term here, or effective, is looking at the underlying patterns towards. So I'll give this example in terms of like a money thing. And I wonder what you guys would say about how it plays out for patients. So say, for instance, somebody has an issue and we'll just say they have $100,000 worth of debt. They win the lottery, but not like the big mega billions lottery that we know is going to ruin their life. but Overnight, they get a solution to that problem. What I think we all know instinctively is that even though that debt that was probably crippling them was wiped out, what do we think the long-term results are going to be? Or if we check back in with that person in maybe three or four years, what do we think their debt level most likely would be?
1: I would assume it could come back, right? If their spending hasn't changed. Yeah.
2: Or their body is still dealing with the effects of when it was an issue. Have they actually overcome it mentally? Right.
0: And it may have helped them gain some footing. So there's there's nuance there. And I think this is similar to a patient's health journey. Now, stay with me. Will's really looking at me, so yeah. stay with me here.
2: <laughs> because I'm following along. Because
0: I think, you know, when people come to you and if you were able to give them an instant solution overnight, sometimes they get instant hope, relief, being heard, being seen. That's great. But if you were able to solve someone's health issues overnight, I think there's more to the story here too. And I really believe that our, I'm going to say journey, but our paths are actually a piece of the healing and we, we can't really extricate them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think here, you know, you talk a lot. And if you haven't picked up gut feelings yet, I've been referencing it a lot in these episodes because I'm using it here at the clinic. We're doing a gut feelings book club with patients. We're having so much fun. But in that book, you know, you talk about us being the sacred masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And so when you get back to that mindset and thinking about yourself in that way, You're really dealing with the gut or the emotional core of what's happening, and then you're going to reshift these long-term patterns, Mm -hmm. get in alignment so that all of these things are going to fall into place in in a much more congruent way. So I have a question for Andrea and Will. Oh, boy. Okay. It's good. And I'm going to frame how I'd like you to answer because this is a topic both of you guys could talk about for hours. I know. (laughs) So I'm going to ask. Will and I talk? I'm going to ask for your personal answer here and I'll give mine too. So gut feelings, you talk a lot about wellness is a sacred art and you are the sacred masterpiece. So for you personally, when you hear that wellness is a sacred art, you are the masterpiece. What does that Means specifically to you?
1: I would say that it's a response for me personally, it's a responsibility and a privilege to honor what has been given to me and honor my body, honor my mind, body, and spirit.
0: Love that. What about for you, Andrea?
2: It's similar. I have a very firm foundation in my faith, and we treat our body as a temple and it is to be honored. It was a gift that was given to us. And so it is my responsibility of how I treat that gift and my choices are not benign. They are either honoring the gift or they're taking me away from the gift that I've been given. So when I think about myself as a sacred masterpiece, which is weird, it's like sometimes I think it's hard to even connect mm-hmm. that I am that, but mm-hmm. I find grounding in the truth that I I built my life on. So even sometimes if my outside world or what the world's telling me to think about myself, I ground myself in this truth that I, that I hold very close to my heart. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'll share mine. So when
0: I was reading this and going through this with our book club members, the first thing I thought was, oh, no, if I'm a sacred masterpiece, have I messed it up? Mm. You know, and then I also really connected with the idea of, oh, wait, if I'm a masterpiece, a sacred one, then I can really accept or I'll use the word indulge in all of the practices meant to keep Mm -hmm. that masterpiece whole. You know, we don't think twice about they're spending hours like with a Q tip working on like, Mm -hmm. you know, restoring old paintings. I'm like, oh, if I could think of myself that way. But I do like to acknowledge there can be a little bit of shame that comes in quickly for people with that message, even though it's such a beautiful message. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be aware of how we relate to it Mm -hmm. and then what we do with it because Mm -hmm. We all had three different answers with a thread. So we're recognizing there's something more to this than what is just on paper. Mm -hmm. And I think a a study that's really interesting, this is a fun little study, they gave people a, a milkshake and they told them that it had different caloric content. It's a small study, but it showed that the hunger hormones were impacted and people acted on the the effect of being told that they had like a 140 calorie milkshake versus a 360 calorie wow. milkshake. Yeah. So, we all recognize that's when I when I was saying the house is more than the bricks or mm-hmm. you know, we're more than just these the nutrients there too. I think one of the easiest things that we can do to connect our journey from the mental health perspective is really understanding how we're relating to these practices. And that and another reason I say please pick up gut feelings is Dr. Hul you talk about Having this peace flag fly. Mm-hmm. It's F L A G. And in the book, I'm going to give a little bit of it away. Flexibility is the F. So openness to learning what makes you feel great, what maybe doesn't, but just an openness there. Mm-hmm at the same time a lightness so holding your healing journey with like open hands have you heard yeah. of this concept of when yeah. you're holding something with open hands so something can come in and come out and release and you're you're not so attached because i know for patients that i see sometimes there's that tightness yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. andrew would you say anything like oh that, 100% such yes. a barrier that can you know just get in their own way and then, then you can really bring in the awareness. What is happening? Am I ready to look at what's suboptimal? Because I think there are people that approach wellness in two ways. There's a lot of people that dive in and kind of approach it like you will, where you're like, this is my heart. This is my passion. I came to this through my own journey, mm-hmm. and I'm really into the food and nutrition. And then I think there's a lot of people that come to it like I did, which was I couldn't touch the food stuff. I couldn't look at my labs for a long time. You know, there's there's validity to that side mm-hmm. of the story too, so I had to work on the mental health and wellness piece, which yay means I get yeah. to come and talk about this and bring this side to patients. But having that awareness of like, oh, is it time for me to to look at labs? Mm-hmm. Is it time for me to to realize that I'm putting up with something that's suboptimal in my life? What's working for me? I think that all goes into the A of awareness and that. And then the last letter is G, which is grace. And my recommendation here and what I would share to anyone listening is self-compassion is one of the super nutrients. But if you are still having an issue or connecting to self-compassion, I would really encourage you to to look at others in your life. We hold everybody to such a high standard. Culturally, we're being held to such high standards. And when I look at The standards I hold myself and others, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, these are impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's really committing to honoring what you truly believe and saying, you know, that person might have been snippy with me today or whatever, and looking at their story and saying, maybe they're overloaded too. And am I giving them the same grace that I need? Mm -hmm. I think connecting externally with those things sometimes can really help it translate internally. Have you seen this at all in your time?
1: Yeah, that's really smart and, and wise. And something you've taught me, you're, you may probably not even know but just the way you worded it one time, it was not on a podcast. It was how people have different resilience capacities or like mm-hmm. different abilities. Like Eckhart Tolle talks about, well, if their experiences were, were your experiences or the other way around. If your experiences are their experiences, but your soul is their soul. Like we all have different natures and nurtures that play. Yes. And we don't see all the variables. We don't. Doesn't necessarily excuse bad behavior. No. And it does give grace to understand where they're coming from.
0: Right. And because, you know, on a physiological level, we know that when we're in this constant state of stress, we're in shame inflammation. We're mm-hmm. essentially inflaming the body more. We're not able to do. So the actions can't matter anyway. And then on a deeper spiritual level, it's such freedom. And you know that I've experienced this realizing that we're all really pieces of the same puzzle. Thanks mm-hmm. for saying that, Will. I appreciate you bringing that. back. So yeah, that's what I would add to this conversation. Would you, you know, from your perspective, would you add anything else or anything else? No, this is great.
1: I think people can really lean in and start to practice these things, both from a mental health side and a physical health side to hopefully take their life to the next level. Yeah. Whatever that means for them.
0: Whatever that means for them. Yeah. I love this. This was so good.
1: It was good. So Thank you all. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, the telehealth center, new telehealth patient options, lots of free resources. I've written countless articles about nutrient deficiencies and all the science and stuff, stuff that we talked about. So you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. See you next time.